0: The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now, join the revolution, digital health is the evolution, status quo, more like status, no, yeah, this is the Healthcare Wrap, y'all come on, let's go! Welcome to the Healthcare Wrap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare, and the status quo no longer exists, where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door where truth drops like an atom bomb and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the healthcare wrap.
1: Hey to all you out there in the Healthcare Wrap Posse. Thanks for hanging with us. My name is Jared Johnson. I'm your host and this is season two of the Healthcare Wrap. This is the place to be if you want to accelerate the transformation of healthcare and help create the digital consumer experience that happens outside the clinic. Here you can get ready for a variety of perspectives. We're no longer just marketers or developers or communicators or business people or administrators. We consider ourselves builders of the future of healthcare and our podcast is dedicated to helping us get better at it. So we hope you will join the posse. That's our invitation to you. We hope you will join the posse by listening, subscribing, leaving a review, and telling your friends. You can find our full archive of episodes at healthcarerap.com and hit us up on Twitter at healthcarerap. And finally, a very special thank you to Express Docs, Ulterra Digital, and the podcast.healthcare network for helping us spread the awesome. So today, I'm pleased to welcome back to the program our co-host, James Gardner. James, welcome. How are you
2: doing? I'm doing well. Good to be here with you, Jared.
1: James, you you always seem to have a lot going on. And with that, I'll just let you let us know what's been going on lately in the land of James.
2: Uh, I think it was my friend Suzanne Hendry at Renowned that commented, James, I don't know when you sleep, (laughs) but I love being busy and I love being engaged. Uh, I'm very passionate about what I do. By day, I'm a healthcare marketer working with MedTouch here in Boston. We're a digital agency that supports hospital marketers across the country. But what I do for fun is probably more interesting. I uh, teach at Northeastern University, a graduate class in digital media. I write for MedTech Boston, which is an online community of healthcare innovators. I'm an advisor with a number of incubators and accelerators here in the city, and I'm a frequent participant in local hackathons, uh, most recently MIT's Grand Hack, which I highly recommend if you find yourself in the city next year. So busy, 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 but loving it.
1: Yeah, well, you know, let's just add to the busy because there's a couple of, of conferences that are coming up that you're hitting up and you're going to be presenting at HMPS, for instance. Uh, you're going to be at NESHCO, so the New England Society of Healthcare Communicators.
2: Correct. Yes. In late May, a bunch of us will be converging in Chicago for HMPS 2019. I'll be speaking uh, with friends Colleen Woods from Stewart Health and Stacey Martinez from Oshner Health, talking about building loyalty with millennials, which is a timeless subject. And they've done some terrific work to attract and retain millennials, which we're going to be sharing with the community. So a lot of excitement uh, building around that. And then uh, following that, We'll be convening with you, Jared, in Providence, Rhode Island for Nesco 2019, talking about change agents, healthcare in motion, and I'm really looking forward to your keynote presentation, so congratulations for that. Pivoting your skill set to create brand relevance. Can't uh, imagine anything more exciting than learning about your perspective there.
1: Well, we'll see if we feel the same way afterward because I hear it might be a little bit musical, so. With with that, uh, what a perfect segue to let's just move on right into the rap
0: battle. Rap
1: Battle! Because Rap Battle is where we just talk about what's going on in healthcare, how we can change the status quo, how we need to change things the way that they've been. And that usually has to do with marketing and technology, because quite frankly, there's this convergence that's happening, the transformation that is happening to being consumer-centric in healthcare it involves marketing and it involves technology and it involves so many different pieces of this puzzle and today we're just kind of blazing through a few different topics that have come up i mean the the news like the what's happening the innovation that's happening out there right now james is just truly mind blowing and i wanted to get your thoughts on a few of these these just developments that have come up in the last uh, you know very recently and so I'm going to throw out, a, you know, a few topics and articles and just kind of current events, things that have happened. And I just want to get your take on each one. And we'll just kind of blaze through them because there are quite a few. But they all have uh, some long lasting implications. And I think the first one we'll start with is from Walmart, from the land of Walmart, because uh, quite a few of our listeners, uh, you, you've heard this as well. So Lisa Woods, who's the senior director of U.S. healthcare at Walmart. Recently, she's been out there a lot. Uh, She recently co-authored a feature story in Harvard Business Review. And then she also spoke recently in a couple of different places. And one of those places was the World Healthcare Congress, the 16th annual World Healthcare Congress, and she really, I, I think, uh, caught marketers' attention. I guess you could say with <laughs> with, a man, with a mandate, with a challenge to take down your ER wait time billboards. And uh, so, so what, let's start there, James. What uh, what else did you hear about that, and what do you think?
2: Yeah, what a provocative comment. So Lisa has what must be one of the most interesting jobs in healthcare. She is the buyer essentially of all of healthcare benefits for Walmart, uh, who happens to employ approximately 1% of the US workforce. So just a staggering amount of purchasing power and a staggering just amount of visibility into best practices and how care is delivered for Walmart employees across the country. So very interesting perspective and her provocative observation about billboards kind of caught me by surprise. Being a digital marketer, first and foremost, I initially concluded that she was taking a shot at traditional healthcare marketers. As I'm sure you're aware, Jared, there's a fair amount of joking about healthcare billboards, especially the more cliched ones with the swarthy doctor uh, smiling and enticing us to uh, give him a call and uh, take him up as our primary care physician. But it turns out that's really not where she was going at all. Uh, I went back to the original transcripts and her comment was much more directed at the ER wait time aspect of those billboards. And what she was getting at is that with enticing wait times, you're inadvertently steering prospective patients into a very expensive channel of care, that being the emergency room, which we all know is great if you've got a dire medical condition. But in many, many cases, you're better served to be thinking about Urgent care, perhaps, or a retail clinic, or a telehealth solution. As a buyer of healthcare benefits, that's what I think Lisa was infuriated by—that uh, healthcare marketers were unknowingly, you know, driving up her costs of care. Um, so what was initially a very provocative comment actually made a lot of sense and um, helped explain where she was going with that. Does that make
1: sense? Yeah, it does. In fact, uh, from where I first saw it was in Becker's hospital review and uh, the article by Molly Gamble and what she reported. This is the actual quote from Lisa. Uh, It says, I'm going to challenge you all to go home, talk to your hospitals and tell them to take it down. Uh, The it referring to any billboards, advertising, ER wait times. Uh, Yeah. We talked to our local hospital about why that's not a good idea. It's about communication and collaboration with the community and the hospitals. So we don't have those billboards anymore in Northwest Arkansas. And then the, you know, the next paragraph that Molly Gamble wrote, said, uh, what brings a billboard down? The fact that it's inappropriate for every patient to seek care in a hospital emergency room. So I mean, that, right. that does seem to, to jive with where you're going with it, James, in terms of the, the heart of it. Now, yeah, of course, there are marketing implications to it, but the heart of it stands uh, in kind of a slightly different realm.
2: Yeah, well, it, it begs the question. First of all, if you are a hospital marketer, you should be thinking about different channels of delivering care. And most hospitals have already started exploring non-traditional models, you know, the urgent care centers that we see popping up telehealth solutions. So that's a fairly common strategy that most hospitals have started embracing. But as a marketer, you also need to think about your communication strategy. And if you do have those multiple channels in place, and yet you're still promoting with billboards, <laughs> your ER room, you're actually undercutting the message that you're promoting for your other channels. So you need to be very strategic about that. And that should go without saying.
1: I agree. So yeah, I very first focused on, on the tactic, the the billboard itself rather than what she was actually getting at. So that, that's great to dig down a little deeper on that and I think you're you're spot on. I need
0: a dime ain't faking a button. So if your content, your special event, or your strategy is getting stale, let us help you give it that spark, that rhythm, that new life you're looking for. Ulterra Digital, marketing forward. Okay, now back to the podcast, right? Because it's pretty legit.
1: Tell you what, we're going to roll on to this next one because this one is, uh, I'm really interested to hear your take on, uh, on this next one. This was an article by Bailey Bryant in Home Healthcare News. It was about some of the you know the first round of HIPAA compliant Alexa skills that that were announced recently, and it, it quotes a friend of the program, Greg Rays, the chief innovation officer at Wright Point. And uh, I know you had a, a take on this, but the the gist of it was that you know yes, uh, there are these new HIPAA compliant skills. Greg Rays uh, you know, just considers it just the first step in disrupting healthcare, but th- there's a lot more to it. I, I see this as a very layered complicated, long-term development, and uh, I'm curious where you're going to go with this one.
2: Yeah. So we all know skills are essentially apps, right? But they tend to be uh, used on digital assistants, whether that's uh, your Alexa or your Google Home. Traditionally, they've not been of great utility to healthcare marketers because of privacy concerns. Obviously, you can't share patient information over something that's not HIPAA compliant. So there was some significance in uh, Amazon's announcement of a pilot program with six HIPAA-compliant skills. Now, it's only six. The program is not available beyond those uh, participants in the pilot program. But we saw some interesting uh, proofs of concept, for lack of a better word, from people like Express Scripts, Boston Children's Hospital, uh, Atrium Health, all great organizations going in different directions to see potentially what gets traction. And I think that's where I wanted to go with my point of view on HIPAA-compliant skills. These are all proofs of concept. I don't think all of them are going to be home runs. And I would be surprised maybe if even one or two of them actually ends up getting traction. We're still in such early days of trying to figure out what consumers want to do and how they want to engage with these assistants. So I would encourage cautious optimism, I think might be my answer. You know, it's not obvious to me, first of all, that digital assistants in the kitchen or in the home are going to end up being used for much more than playing music, listening to news, maybe setting timers. Because the data today suggests that's how the vast majority of them are being used. Truth be told, it's kind of kludgy to download skills to your Amazon Alexa. Once you have them installed, they're not very memorable, uh, so a lot of them get just forgotten. And we've not really seen killer apps kind of emerge in that ecosystem yet. I would argue it's also just not obvious that consumers want to engage with hospitals and with their physicians via voice technology. There's a lot of reasons why you could argue it doesn't necessarily make sense and might not end up getting the traction that we're imagining today. So those are some concerns I have. I just would add more generally, I just have some unease about the privacy practices at some of these companies. You know, We've seen some pretty embarrassing breaches by Amazon, for instance where we learned a few weeks ago that employees were listening into to private conversations. Now it was allegedly being done to improve the accuracy of the voice recognition. But that is kind of creepy, especially in the context of confidential health conversations. We also learned that Facebook had been deploying microphones in some of their Nest thermostats, uh, unbeknownst to people that were buying these thermostats. So that's also kind of odd and creepy. <laughs> and don't get me started on Facebook's privacy missteps. It kind of speaks for itself that they have continued to embarrass themselves and uh, cause no no end of pain. So that's also a concern as we think about the brands and reputations of our hospitals and health systems. That if we were to get caught up in a privacy breach, uh, the blame would be shared both across Alexa or Amazon or Google, but some of the blame would fall onto the health system that was collaborating with them. And I guess I don't want to sound like a tinfoil hat conspiracist. But I do just have a larger unease about collaborating with the Amazons and the Googles of the world in as much as we know their paths are going to collide with healthcare organizations at some point in the future. And arming them with data around tens of millions of healthcare conversations and allowing them potentially to anonymize and then data mine them. Who knows where that goes and who knows what business models and competitive advantages it creates. So cautious optimism is where I come back to. Watch what's going on. Continue to pilot if you're so inclined, but don't think of this as a race. It's definitely a marathon, and there's a lot of things that still have to be figured out. How's that strike you, Jared?
1: I'd agree. I like I like cautious optimism because where I would think of it is that using it to interact with our health systems the way they are structured now that is not a very appealing. You know, it, it, it's clunky. It wouldn't be much less clunky than it is now. Where I feel more optimistic is as this gets to a, a steady state, and I don't know how many years in the future that is, you know, where where I'd you know encourage it is to figure this out and, and really use whatever data is going to to whoever you know, like we said, if it's if it's Amazon themselves or Google or Facebook, and and they're actually using the data to improve and create a product that's going to truly disrupt things, great. <laughs> uh, we don't have a whole lot of indicators that that's the, the case yet so whenever we get to that steady state in the future and we can do things where we're basically interacting with the health system or a provider in a totally different way than we are now then i can see it being useful i can see it being useful where it's it's as simple as hey alexa you know schedule me i need to schedule with with our oncologist uh for next week you know, like find me a slot you know so crazy you know a lot more integration not just even with the health system but like yeah that being able to integrate with our own schedule or ALX, uh, you know, refill my prescription. You know, so making it simple enough where retail don't have to do much of the work anymore at all, where it does the behind the scenes work, not just with the health system, but other pieces of of technology that support our lives, that those pieces are already happening. So I see that as as a destination worth pursuing. Now, I do think it's going to be a bumpy road to get there. The same thing, that's probably where I'd fall under cautiously optimistic
2: as well, I love your notion of a Star Trek-like future where we're engaging just effortlessly and frictionlessly with computers and integrated systems. But look at the struggle we all have to implement something like open online scheduling. And then imagine trying to uh, achieve those kinds of experiences with voice technology. You can see why it's such a challenge and why it's going to be a journey to get there.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's a really good point. And it feels like just a win to see natural language processing in action, I guess, is <laughs> that that's what's becoming normalized is to see that, that a machine can understand what I'm telling it and, and provide the semblance of an answer in some cases. And we see the potential of it, Where whereas before the proliferation of, you know, of Echoes and, and Google Home assistance and things, that we didn't even really get how it would work. So we are in the very early stages. It's a long way off. It does feel like it's coming in some way or another. So great. So our final one is, uh, I'm very curious what you think about this one, because you posted an article about TikTok and asked, so who's going to be the first health system to, to get on here? So uh, tell us uh, about that
2: one. Right. So what is TikTok? I'm sure everyone's asking. Well, TikTok, some are saying could be the next social media phenomena. In essence, it's a, it's a mobile app that came out of China two or three years ago that uh, is around a fun experience for creating and sharing short videos usually less than a minute, oftentimes 10 to 15 seconds. The secret sauce is their licensing of a huge archive of popular music and creating the ability to overlay that music into your videos legally and in a really fun format. So it's highly contagious. I learned about it a couple years ago uh, by way of my students at Northeastern, many of whom are from China, and they were raving about just how fun and engaging it was how exciting it was to create videos, edit them, overlay music, and then share and compete with friends for popularity credits. So, kind of a magical experience. It's now getting traction in North America in a major, major way. Now, granted, it's not a Facebook yet, it's not an Instagram, it's certainly not even a Snapchat in terms of its scale. But data from ComScore shows that as of March of this year, it's got a usage base of about 15 million people, which is Fairly impressive. It was the third most popular download in the iOS App Store in the first quarter. And that growth trajectory is doubling every six months. So you can extrapolate conceivably out into 2019 and 2020, and you can imagine a very sizable user base coming together in short order. So a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz about it, a lot of confusion as to how it might be useful or not useful for marketers but definitely something we should be watching, I would say.
1: So, If we had to say, where does that fall in our list of priorities in 2019, what would you say?
2: I would say watch and learn. If nothing else, everyone listening should go grab a TikTok account and get your handle and do some experimenting. It's fun, your kids will all of a sudden see you as being relevant to their world because the demographic skews to teens and tweens, to be honest, not exclusively, but that's its predominant usage base. So, It's a great way to impress the Gen Zs in your world and just stay abreast of something that maybe in two years, three years will be something that we're all talking about. And it won't be something that's mysterious and unique. In terms of applications for hospital marketing, I'm not sure I see those yet. It's still very, very early days. There are some brands experimenting with it, but usually to an influencer model, there's no ad units that you can buy. So there's not a lot of obvious applications for acquisition marketing or brand building. I do imagine at some point in the future, there could be a scenario where it becomes useful for recruiting brands, which is obviously a topic that healthcare marketers follow pretty closely as you try and attract nurses and other healthcare professionals. And as much as it could be conceivably used, it's just a fun way of depicting workplace culture and creating an enticing brand uh, amongst 20-somethings or even teens, considering where to start their careers. But no obvious applications. Go out, as I said, register your own account, experiment with it personally, and perhaps grab a handle for your hospital so that you don't get caught down the road uh, with a suboptimal handle if you ever do buy the usage application. But that's all you need to be doing in 2019,
1: Jared. Good to know. I'm going to file that away. I'm going to... Uh get that done at some point and uh, we might have to have you back on to see if this thing explodes so great to kind of flip through all these topics because like i said there's so much going on these days and and i appreciate that perspective as well and with that we're going to wrap up with our new closing segment called keeping it real keeping it real this is just uh, the place where we're going to start asking uh, the same question to each guest, and uh, we have the pleasure of hearing what you think about this, James. This is just a, a way to kind of wrap all this up, and I'm gonna have you. This, I'm gonna have this one question for you, and it, it is this: It is uh, what's one thing that marketers can do better to improve healthcare now?
2: Wow, that's actually an easy question for me to answer because I'm a zealot for patient experience, and would really, really, really encourage healthcare marketers in 2019 to be thinking holistically about the patient experience and not only understanding what that means, but also thinking about measuring it and then more importantly, improving it. Now, what is patient experience? I'm sure fans of your show, Jared, know full well, uh, because you talk about it so often, but it's everything that a patient experiences during their encounter with a health system. If you see it, smell it, taste it, touch it, it's probably part of the patient experience. So it's everything from the scheduling experience through to the food, to the physical facilities, through the billing process. And of course, it includes the delivery of clinical care. Marketers in 2019 need to be embracing that holistic experience and thinking about ways to improve that journey through the system and improve it over time. That's what a healthcare marketer in 2019 can be doing to improve healthcare.
1: Thank you for sharing that. What what a different perspective it is than just doing MarCom better. It really just looks at everything through a, a different lens, which I think digital and consumer transformation has caused us to do, whether we intended to or not. Those who are succeeding are those who are looking at it through that lens. So, great way to end this. You make this.
2: a great point, Jared. I had the good fortune of interviewing a number of CMOs at great systems across the country. And Without exception, patient experience is what's on their minds. And these are the leaders like Don Stanziano at Geisinger in Pennsylvania, Matt Gove at Piedmont Health in Atlanta. They obsess about patient experience, not only understanding those journeys, but measuring through promoter scores where things are falling down in that patient experience journey, and more importantly, where improvements can be made. And limiting yourself to Marcom and only Marcom, I think that's a very outdated way of thinking, and I think Don and and Matt would back me up there, that their vision is a much more empowered marketer who has a seat at the table where these important conversations are taking place and is leading the improvements. Of some of those non-clinical aspects of the experience.
1: Well, maybe we can see what we can do about getting Don and Matt on the program and see if they they can uh, confirm that because I, I have a feeling you're right and it'd be uh, great to, to hear from them in, in person. Uh, that'd be great. So thanks, James, for uh, wrapping this all up. I appreciate uh, everything. Uh, so for our listeners who... Would like to get a hold of you. What's the best way for them to connect with you?
2: Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter. I'm very prolific and love engaging with conversations and sharing what's on my mind. So find me at Twitter handle James A Gardner. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn, where I'm also quite often sharing articles and participating in conversations. And if you find yourself in Boston, look me up. Love to grab coffee.
1: Thanks again. That's James Gardner. And for all you listeners out there, thanks for tuning in. Keep an ear out for new segments and updates to the podcast over the coming weeks as we fully unveil Season 2. Join the posse like we just described earlier. You can join the posse by listening more, subscribing, leaving a review, and telling your friends. Healthcare Wrap is an Ulterra digital production and a member of the podcast.healthcare network. On behalf of James and myself, keep marketing forward. Thanks. And that's a wrap.